the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am Headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you here every Saturday evening on AM 1280, The Patriot. Well, we are um, very much looking forward to uh, the guests that we have in our studio today. And as we go into our fall, we also know that it's the beginning of the school year and people are in full swing. Students are in full swing and high school students, particularly the upper high school students, are starting to change their mindsets to look at prospective higher education options. Yeah, that's right. High school graduation, you know, is either followed by a career choice or enrollment at one of the nation's countless college universities. Mm -hmm. And the transition evokes thoughts of college applications and campus visits followed by verbal commitments to the schools that are counted on in helping the students achieve their career goals. Mm -hmm. So these are some of the more recognizable steps in planning for post-high school life. But to help make the best choice, the process starts years earlier and involves a thorough evaluation of the student and who they are as a person. So joining us in studio this morning to shed some light on how schools can help their students make the best decisions when it comes to college and career choices is Dina Hinkle. Dina is new to the staff at Liberty Classical Academy, and she is Liberty's very own college and career counselor. Dina, welcome to Education Nation. Thank you, Mark, and thank you, Rebecca, for having me this morning. Yeah, we're so glad to have you in studio, as I mentioned before. So, Dina, you have been just a tremendous addition to the students, uh, uh, staff, uh, the staff and students at Liberty, and you brought with you a passion for uh, career counseling and just helping kids find their gifts. So why do you think it's so important for a school to have a college career counselor and at what grade level is it really best for students to start connecting with their counselor? Well, I think it's really important for a school to have a college counselor because they have the potential to help cast a vision for future students or mm-hmm. for students that are currently there. They can get to know students individually. They can help them bridge the gap between high school and what those next steps are. Right. Um, and I'd, I'd suggest connecting with their college counselor as early as ninth grade because giving them a little bit more longevity to cast that vision will mean that they get to take smaller steps towards um, mm-hmm. figuring out exactly how God created them. Mm-hmm. And when they can take those small steps, they can figure out how they can have people come alongside them like their parents or their teachers. And then it's more of a journey and it's not just a jumping off a cliff type mm-hmm. of a thing. That's and good. So, um, so, yeah, intentionally just doing things that make you come alive and starting as early as ninth 
ninth grade, I think that that's that's the yeah. first step. So Boy, that seems like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that that is different than what a lot of kids do get. So it's nice that you encourage that because then um, parents can be proactive and maybe trying to connect with the college counselor a little earlier than maybe the school would typically have them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good advice. So guiding the students academically and professionally is one aspect of uh, serving as a college and career counselor. In a healthy counselor-student relationship, trust and friendship, I would imagine, are just some of the characteristics that counselors aim to cultivate with their students. So what are some other key relational components you seek to establish with your students? In addition to trust and friendship, I I would also say honor and mm. inspiration. And and probably the reasons that I would say those is um, one thing I talk to my students about is how everyone reflects the image of God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that reflection looks different in someone else than mm. the way it looks in you. And so when I talk with students about where they might want to go to school or what major they might want to choose, it is so fun for me to honor the reflection in them that mm-hmm. looks a little bit different than how it's honored in me. In fact, I had a conversation this morning with one of our seniors yeah. on just that very thing. You know, really? he's made a little differently. So I get to see that journey of what his his journey and that yeah. looks different than mine. And, yeah. and likewise they get to see with each other That's as great. students too. You can see um, that passion just coming out of her can't you? Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean in seeing that, like that inspires me to the realization that finding something we love to do is really what makes us come alive. That's mm-hmm. God's kingdom right. in mm-hmm. action right now right. in real life rather than our faith is a light at the end of the tunnel type right. of an idea. Yeah. Um, Howard Thurman said, don't ask what the world needs, ask what makes you come alive and go do it hmm. because what the world needs is people who have come alive. Hmm. You know what? I think we should pause there for a moment because what's really become sort of the big buzzwords within the realm of education and career and college has been to kind of look at what society needs and and try to fit kids into Mm -hmm. the mold of what society needs. And that is just the opposite of what you just quoted. Mm -hmm. And and then Mm -hmm. we wonder why we end up with people who are unhappy in their Mm -hmm. careers. Mm -hmm. So if we started from that jumping off point, as you just described, where, you know, what are your passions? What are your gifts? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we would have a lot more um, beauty in in the tapestry of careers. And then we would also end up with much happier people overall. And and there would be a lot more freedom in terms of, in terms of just really discovering who we are and then recognizing that God doesn't want us all to be the same flower in the field. I mean, he, he made a wildflower field on purpose because the, the variety is beautiful. Yeah. It's so beautiful. That's so great that you brought that. I love that quote. I'm going to have to get that from you afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. It's understanding, like you said, just individually how we've been created. It's not about trying to fit the collective need. It's right. Let's mm-hmm. individually find out right. what it is that you know we're geared to go and do, and then that will contribute naturally to just collectively what's being accomplished right. around right. us. So, yeah, I think that whole idea of planned economy and such is right. really it's a misnomer. It's not good for a, a culture overall. Mm-hmm. And I think the colleges are beginning to recognize this specifically in terms of the application process. They're seeing that they can put these standards out mm-hmm. and and people will do more, mm-hmm. you know, than meet these standards that are written on a piece of page. But what's happening is our students aren't knowing who they are. And so mm-hmm. they can go an inch mile. An, an, 
a mile wide um, mm-hmm. and an inch deep, but they can't really talk about what makes them come alive. Where mm-hmm. Where is that passion? What excites them? What do they really care about? And, and what can they do to make a difference in this mm-hmm. world? Mm-hmm. That's so important. And I think you mentioned the other day when we were talking in a meeting that colleges are starting to wake up to that, mm-hmm. that they need to really change what they're looking for in students so that it doesn't become such a cookie cutter mm-hmm. uh, approach. They're looking more of a tapestry. They than, are. Than the, the, the single type of personality or characteristics mm-hmm. that are going to be successful at that school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, this really reiterates, too, why it's so important to have a college and a career counselor that is so passionate mm-hmm. about kids to really give them that encouragement and confidence to really begin to discover those things and to really draw them out and bring them out, especially when you have eyes to see, oh, in our conversation here, I can see that this is what may make you passionate. Have you thought about this? And that really leads us into our next question. You know, we talk specifically about academic and career preparation. You know, could you explain for our listeners the process of both gift and personality testing Mm -hmm. and the roles that they play in both college and career assessments? I sure can, yes. So at Liberty, I have the privilege to work through what's called the Strong Interest Inventory, the Myers-Briggs, and the Strengths with all of our high school students. Uh, We have the ninth graders take the Strong Interest Inventory, the 10th graders take the Myers-Briggs and the 11th graders do the strengths. And then during the 12th grade year, I get to sit down with all of all of all three mm-hmm. of the assessments and each student individually and then really kind of vision cast for for where is it that this information begins to hit the road and mm-hmm. come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, so the strong interest inventory assessment is one that assesses interests and it, then it gives correlating ideas for college majors and careers. So this one is really helpful when working with students to instigate intentionality and awareness around what specifically holds their interest in this world. Hmm. Um, Then to take it a step further, looking at whether those interests could be translated into the college career and eventually, or college major and eventually a career. So you like serving kids. You Mm -hmm. love to be with kids. Mm -hmm. Let's figure out how this summer you could do a job where you would work really closely Mm -hmm. with kids because Mm -hmm. sometimes that job or those interests in reality look a little bit different. Or maybe that opportunity would allow them to be able to pinpoint what about kids do you Mm -hmm. really like to do Mm -hmm. because there's a gamut of of jobs and careers um, that you could learn how to work with kids. And that's Again, going back to what colleges are looking for, then you're setting them up, especially if they're starting this in ninth grade, you're setting them up for having the time mm-hmm. to be able to develop those interests over the course of their four years of high school. They've got you know four summers before they go off to college and three summers before they're applying to colleges. Right. So right. they really have some time to develop some of these interests and, and kind of hone in a little bit more. And not only on honing the interests, but the people that they're meeting in these prospective oh, internships. Good point. They're networking. They're meeting mm-hmm. people to say, hey, you know, this was a really good fit this summer. I felt like we worked really well together. Can I come back and maybe, you know, volunteer Absolutely. work again next summer? And who knows what that network connection is going to produce in the future. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm -hmm. The next one that that I do is is called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, and this one assesses one's personality type, Mm -hmm. um, specifically how one engages with the world. So there's introversion and extroversion, and that's where... um, that's where we are oriented in, in how we interact with people. Uh, another one is sensing and intuition. Another one is thinking and feeling for how we make decisions. And then organizing our world is the last thing that it assesses. So um, 
they're just great calibrations for how do you interact in this world? What did God give you that's structurally there kind of no matter what? Mm -hmm. And this assessment is a framework for talking about these four dichotomies that are just a part of all of our personalities Mm -hmm. that are there on some level um, for everybody. Mm -hmm. Where one falls on the scale is helpful for assessing things like why would someone like to work alone versus being somebody who really likes to be a part of a Mm -hmm. team? Um, Or how somebody tends to read between the lines versus receiving information straightforward through all of their senses. Um, And then how one uses logic to make decisions, while another person tends to be a little bit more subjective when they make their decisions. Mm -hmm. And then finally, the last one is how one person is flexible to change, while another one wants to go according to a plan. Maybe they have their their calendars color-coordinated like I did in college. (laughs) You know, everything was all had a color Mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So this one is really cool because in 10th grade, they're really discovering who are they, how are they putting their whole world together, and how do they want to interact with that one. Boy, I can see where that would be so valuable to have in high school. Of course, I did not have that and didn't have it until I was much older. And it, it is really interesting to find out more about how you how you click, you know, and or how you tick, I guess is a better word. And uh, to be able to know that ahead of time, I can see where you're saying that would be so valuable for mm-hmm. choosing a career mm-hmm. that is much more aligned with who you are. Well, even just specifically, I mean, to dive a little bit into the extroversion versus introversion, somebody who's an extrovert is going to quickly realize that working at a cubicle won't work for them. Yeah. Right. Or they right. might go to school and be on a campus that's really, really heavily involved, and they'll think, this is just overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can think of it in terms of choosing a really great college fit and a really great career fit Good point. by just looking at these at these small but not really so small pieces Mm -hmm. um, and putting some verbiage around it. Many of these kids just haven't put verbiage around it yet. And so kind of helping them with that, that's big. Right. Tell us about the Strength Finder, too. That's the third test that you give juniors, correct? Yes. So I do that one with the juniors. And the strengths is a little bit different than the other two. And it helps people assess their strengths. And it was reasonably... The reason it was originally designed is because we often naturally devote more time to fixing our shortcomings than to developing the things Mm -hmm. that we're good at. And so the researchers wanted to know what would it look like if we spent our time really putting effort into the things that we know we're really good at versus putting thought and effort into the things that we know we're not Mm -hmm. so good at. And so based in positive psychology, this assessment is meant to help one discover their strengths so that they can learn how to apply them in everyday life. So Mm. this is in relationships. It's in deciding um, your career based on things you're naturally good at. It's it's kind of really applicable all Mm -hmm. across the board, and Mm -hmm. I I love to use it. We even do an experiment where we all work as a part of a team and get to begin to see their strengths as a class. Uh And they just come alive because they begin to call out in each other, oh, I see this in you, or you see this in me, and this is how it plays out. And Mm -hmm. it's it's really an experiential learning. Mm -hmm. What a great activity. It is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Absolutely. You know, we talked a little bit about the networking piece in terms of maybe working a summer job and just connecting in terms of the areas of where there are those interests. But once a student's gifts and personality types are discovered, I mean, how do you go about really helping the student to develop those gifts up until they're ready to take the next step post high school? At Liberty, we take them to the Minnesota College Fair. That's helping them specifically with the colleges. Um, I I like to talk to the students about different job ideas specifically. That's more my one-on-one 
one piece. So you like, yeah. once again, to go back to our kids example, you love to work with kids. Let's brainstorm some different places around okay. around your area where you, where you could do that this summer. That's more of the individual piece. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, our, our whole um, high school is invited to go to the Minnesota College Fair. We also offer a leadership class at Liberty, and that helps them kind of begin to brainstorm um, different places where they can put this information into action as well. Um, and then finally, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, mm-hmm. um, we get to do our first annual college visit trip to Washington, D.C., yes. and that's going to kind of put some rubber to the road in mm-hmm. terms of figuring out how does this all apply to a specific place. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Very good. We will talk about that later. We are. <laughs> we are. In fact, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a short time out here on Education Nation. When we come back, we will discuss this uh, college field trip to Washington, D.C., and also to even how we would help students that maybe are feeling a little fearful or timid about taking that step into the uh, course that they should travel. We'll, We'll talk about that as well. So just stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Education Nation. I am your host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host, Mark Durkin, and Liberty Classical Academy's college counselor, Dina Hinkle. And it's been a joy to be able to hear your heart and your passion for the students that you work with, and clearly they're very blessed to have you as their college counselor. Um, So we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit here and talk about the fact that we're seeing more and more studies and we're hearing more and more people talk about the fact that uh, students may not necessarily need to go to college. They might be going into jobs that do not require a college degree. And uh, it's becoming more evident that a four-year college education is not and maybe shouldn't be the only gateway into a rewarding career field. For students who are in high school who wish to seek out a career field without the college experience or maybe with more of a two-year college experience, mm-hmm. what counsel would you give to those students as it pertains to developing their professional skills and their resumes and networking and that type of thing for employment? I think a lot of what I would say is, is what I'm saying to the students at Liberty um, who, are, who are thinking of a, of a wide variety of things. It's, it's the same thing as just discover who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, choose activities because they delight and intrigue and challenge you, not because you think that they'll look impressive on your application or to whoever you're applying to. Do it because it makes you come alive. Mm-hmm. Um, go out of your way to find projects and activities and experiences that stimulate your creativity and leadership that connect you with peers and adults who bring out your best and that it just pleases you and you don't mind the work involved mm-hmm. because it it's mm-hmm. just who you are. Right. So that key is is to really um, really give it the space and time that it needs to mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. Some students find room for many activities or others prefer to concentrate on just a few. Either way, um, the test for what you're doing is, is yeah, does it make you come alive? Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. Great advice. So, Dina, for those that do choose to go on to college, um, many students fail to take advantage of on-campus sessions about resume advice out of fear that they may not be, or they may be judged, excuse me. And this may be indicative of the fact that these students may not have had the counseling services or resources in high school to help them with the guidance um, to develop their resumes. In your counseling experience, how do you encourage students who may be fearful or more generally undecided as to what avenues they may want to start pursuing in terms of college and career? 
I would encourage them to try try to figure out how they can take helpful assessments like the Strong Interest Inventory and mm-hmm. the Myers-Briggs um, and the strengths. Most college campuses offer that in their career centers, oh, either free good. of charge mm-hmm. or, or at a very minimal and reduced cost. And mm-hmm. they do one-on-one sessions with, with students very frequently. Um, that's my background. And, and it, it's so fun to sit mm-hmm. down with these college students who are really discovering that. Yeah. Um, so find your career center. Find somebody that can help you with these tools Mm-hmm. That can just really help you put verbiage around around who you who are. Who you are, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then just remember, you know, um, one thing I recently read when I was when I was on the MIT site mm-hmm. is that college isn't a costume party. You're not supposed to come dressed as someone else. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's mm-hmm. an intense, irreplaceable opportunity to become more yourself than you've ever been. Mm-hmm. And so, just remembering that it's not about fitting into any box. It's, right. it's yes. about really this discovering who you are because those nuances are really important. Mm-hmm. They're really important for the team. Mm-hmm. And what people need to understand too, you know, kids need to understand that this is a journey too. I mean, they're what, 16, 17, 18 years old. I mean, I'm in my early 40s and I'm still, you know, learning and doing things that I never thought that I would do. So though they may start, you know, on the path of what they're doing early on, early 20s, that could change, mm-hmm. you know, that they never even would have thought of in those counseling sessions. So I, I would think it's really important, too, these kids would know that, hey, you know, this is just a start. And, you know, as you take one step, you never know where the next step's going to take you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know there's a lot of excitement mm-hmm. at Liberty Classical Academy about this next topic. It's this field trip to a college campus in Washington, D.C. that's going to be happening this fall. So if you would explain for our listeners why this is important for students considering college and how soon before the college application process should students really start visiting college campuses. Hmm. I think that this is really important to do a trip like this or just to visit visit colleges because it shows students a glimpse of the wide variety of schools that are out there. And then also it casts a vision for what could be in front of them. And then it inspires them towards a goal. They mm-hmm. suddenly get a bigger and wider perspective of our world that they maybe just haven't had um, before. And I'd suggest starting to visit colleges as early as ninth grade or mm-hmm. even, you know, even sooner. Uh, Rebecca, you talk about how you used to go on family vacations if you mm-hmm. would be near a college that was interesting to you. And I've heard of a lot of families who find that to be really cost effective mm-hmm. because you're going anyway. Right, right. And also just a way to begin to build this vision in your student mm-hmm. um, where they see what is out there and suddenly they can develop some dreams and they and they take it from there. Right. Well, and I know um, not only did we do that, but then it also ended up being we would take special trips just, it was my it was me and our family it, my, and some people it might be both mom and dad or just dad, but in our case it was mom that got to take these college trips with our kids um, like, like you mentioned, sometimes it was a family vacation but in the end, in the junior year, I was going alone with my with my sons. I have four sons. And I'll tell you, not only did we achieve the goal of visiting schools and learning about each one and figuring out which one might be a good fit for our kids, but they also provided some great bonding time for, mm-hmm. for me with my sons. And we have these great memories. We still talk about some of the restaurants we visited and just some of the experiences that we had. So it's not just um, the purpose of finding a college 
college that it fulfills. It fulfills a lot more than that. Oh. Beautiful. How fun. Yeah. How fun to yeah. hold that then and then also all these years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's really been a, a great experience. So I know you touched a little bit on um, helping kids see a bigger vision of colleges. And, and I know that the trip that Liberty Classical Academy is taking, they're going to be looking at, um, I think, four different schools out in... Um, D.C. area, and we plan to do different parts of the country probably each year so that we can expose the kids. And so, you know, what what do you think is one of the most important things about helping them have a bigger vision towards college and school? I think that the reason this trip is so important in casting a bigger vision is because, um, first of all, it can show them what their education up until now has equipped them to do. Mm -hmm. When you go and visit a wide variety of schools, you're beginning to identify where where you're ready to be Mm -hmm. academically, socially, emotionally. Mm -hmm. And and that is it's so empowering Mm -hmm. to do it in person, to Mm -hmm. do it rather than watching, you know, it on a screen or all of these virtual tours. It is really empowering to go and get the feel Mm -hmm. um, for a campus. So first, um, for sure, to to show that what your education has equipped you to do. And second, I think it will empower them to own their vision for the future. So Mm -hmm. suddenly they become really excited about the next step in life and their high school grades aren't really between mom and dad anymore. Mm, Good point. Their high school grades are really between them and their dreams Mm -hmm. that are becoming to, they're becoming alive um, and they're beginning beginning to see themselves in a place. And seeing yourself in a place is a lot different than talking about, well, I got to get my grades, you know, really good for this Mm -hmm. school arbitrarily. Right, right. So putting a specific place there casts casts a very good vision for that. I love that comment that the grades become between you and your dreams versus you and your parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that seems really important. I think what the college campuses too, what's neat is, is that when you can identify, okay, this place really meets the vision of where I'm really going towards, like there's a sense of ownership there, Mm -hmm. I think, for the student that would just be so unique and so different from anything they experienced all the way up through their 12 grades of school that they went to before college. Mm-hmm. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. And then, I mean, I also think that traveling, you know, any traveling by nature is experiential learning. And it's such good training for making decisions and representing yourself aside from your family. Mm-hmm. Um so for some of these students traveling without their families for the first time to do a trip like this, that's yeah. that's a real treat. Right, right. Yeah, that is. I'm excited for it. I'm actually sneaking along on this one. <laughs> so looking forward to it. <laughs> so, Dina, our final question. We don't have a lot of time left here, but how can parents help their children, um, both younger and older students, begin to cultivate a vision for what their college and career paths might look like in the future? Um, Aside from logistically visiting colleges, parents can have an intentional but yet organic conversation with their children about things that they love to do beginning as early as now. I have, you know, I try to call out in my first graders, oh, I see that you're really good at this. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's Mm -hmm. really great. And they come alive. I mean, as 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 do most people when when you call out the strengths that you see in them. So start having those conversations with your children when you see things they're really good at, because when you do that, They become empowered to 
implement steps towards their adult life and making those college and career decisions, the longevity of the message that you've been given them mm-hmm. finally takes flight mm-hmm. when you when you do it over time. Yeah. So visit colleges and talk to your kids about what do you see in them that they naturally do really well. Right. And then, as you pointed out earlier, cultivating that in them, giving giving them, helping them find opportunities to cultivate those gifts. Mm-hmm. Because kids on their own, they're not going to find those things themselves. They're going to need some help from their parents and direction, especially the younger ones, to find ways and outlets to develop those gifts. Mm-hmm. So that's great advice. Well, Mark, I know that uh, we are winding down on this great show. and um, Time went by really fast. It did. It did. And I just want to say thank you again, Dina, for joining us in yes. studio today. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're very glad. And for those of us who are, those of you who are listening, uh, if you want to follow up and listen to this show again, you can go to KLBB and uh, find Education Nation and you can listen to this podcast or any other previous podcast of Education Nation. And you can also go to Education Nation's Facebook page and you can also find these podcasts at Liberty Classical Academy. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.